1: of Horror, the podcast that revisits classic horror films and other Pulp Fiction. Today we take a look at the Hulu original thriller, No Exit. No Exit is a suspenseful tale about a group of strangers that are stuck in a snowstorm with little contact with the outside world, and it turns out that not everyone is who they seem. With me to talk about it, as always, is Dr. Anthony Ladon. Hello? Hello.
2: Are you sick? I am. Do you have uh COVID? No. Do you have what uh Heather had. Yep. Uh well, all right. So I appreciate you being game for this, uh sure. even though you're under the weather. I'll, I'll try to fake
1: it as much as I can.
2: That's yeah, all right. People I think
1: people will appreciate your effort. Brings a little humanity into it, right? Yeah. There you go, Steve, who's this movie for? People that subscribe to hulu
2: <laughs> this is this is a Hulu exclusive,
1: yeah, uh, that's
2: true. People who I would say Hulu folks who like suspense, right? Sure,
1: do you think that there are people that have like only hulu?
2: well, I mean if you're a cord cutter and you only want one thing I mean what would you choose? Because everyone's got like fourteen different subscriptions now, right? But if you were just right. gonna do one, yeah,
1: that, would
2: Hulu be the one?
1: That's a good question because Hulu is the one we've considered getting rid of.
2: Yeah, I think that you, but I think that a lot of people are attracted to at least a live TV option because of things like the Oscars or sports, you know, like right? Sports.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, I guess that's the that's the consideration, right? Is that I don't, I usually go somewhere to watch a live sporting event. Um, so I watch mm. I watch less live sports because of that. Um, sure, and you probably spend a lot more on drinks than you
2: would on a Hulu subscription.
1: That's fair. That's a good point. Um, but then you get to drink the drinks, right? The streaming options have done a really good job of being like, well, you, you know, you can get rid of Netflix, but then you can't watch Stranger Things. That's right. Like, oh, you get rid of Apple TV, but then you can't watch Dead Lasso. Mm-hmm. Um so those are you know, and and Hulu originals there's not as many that I necessarily tune in for, but
2: Yeah, that's right. And I so for me, what'll happen is I'll jump in on Hulu maybe one month out of the year. And I just watch the stuff that it's Hulu only. Right. Uh, and I'll try to time that with something that I want to watch on live television. I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't watch a lot of live TV,
1: right? To be honest. So that's the thing. Is like that's a that's a good option if that's something that matters to you. So I think that's what probably would keep Hulu going. Not that Hulu's like st- uh, hurting, but like especially like for movies, like Hulu and Amazon Prime have a pretty strong overlap of movies. So, right. so if you were looking at it from a movie standpoint, you'd be like, well, if I have Amazon prime, maybe I don't need Hulu," because more than likely you're going to hang on to your Amazon prime because, of mm-hmm. uh, delivery options.
2: So this movie is for Hulu folks. I'm saying Hulu folks that like suspense.
1: Right. What do you think? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if you hate suspense and you have Hulu, I mean, you probably could watch something else.
2: Or if you like suspense, but you hate Hulu, then you're to watch something else. Yeah. 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 Um, I did Who's This Movie For first because I feel like the elevator pitch is going to ruin some of the plot twists. And I don't think a lot of people have seen this movie. So I just want to sort of let people know from here on out, if you haven't seen No Exit, and you want to watch what I think is a pretty good suspense movie, and you don't hate Hulu, this is where you jump out. You go subscribe to Hulu, you watch the show, and then you come back. You think I gave him enough
1: yeah. warning? I think it's okay. it's now we can let him know how Sixth Sense ended.
2: <laughs> it's the red wagon. The red wagon is a ghost. <laughs> All right, so uh, here's my elevator pitch for this movie, Steve. Mm-hmm. It's a classic whodunit, but instead of it being a murder mystery there's a live child in a van which I think adds more of a I don't know a horror suspense action crime drama element to this thing because who it's are usually like after the fact right, right.
1: Uh, so this is, this, this is, a, is a who do it yeah who do who's doing it <laughs> who doing it <laughs>
2: Yeah, so I—I I mean, it has all of the markers of a whodunit, right? They're all sequestered, they're stuck in their situation, and they know that there is a—you know—there's a bad guy or multiple bad guys in their midst, and they got to figure it out, right? Right. Um, it's just that the twist, of course, is that the—the the murder hasn't happened yet. There's been no murders that have happened yet. Uh, so I thought that, that was a. It was a clever little uh, twist on the classic form. Yeah,
1: and I, I, I did appreciate that uh, your heroine likes heroin.
2: <laughs> I was wondering what it was. I was thinking, is that is that like crushed oxy or what? What, what am I? It does. I guess it really doesn't matter what's in the baggie, right? right. But it's it's. Let me just say that. I guess I should ask you before we go further. Did you enjoy this movie? No. You did not enjoy no. the movie. I enjoyed the movie. Uh, uh, I'll get
1: more to that. I think I didn't I'm I'm pretty uh, apathetic about it.
2: Huh. Was uh, tell tell me more. Well, I'm my curious. my my elevator what...
1: pitch is uh of mice and men meets taken. <laughs>
2: you you're saying you didn't like the Lars character
1: no i mean so (laughs) i mean this movie is uh like there was a so (laughs) watch it with heather heather was ready to bail immediately just for the record (laughs) um the opening sequence well, nothing really happens for the first.
2: 20 well, but in minutes, the opening
1: right? sequence when the uh, the other rehab person is like giving her story, Heather's just like, mm-hmm. if this is the main person, I'm out. <laughs> so like the first impression that the movie Heather has no comparison. Well, it was just like if, if that if that you know over the top actress with fake tattoos is going to be our our rough warrior, uh-huh. she's like no. No. Uh-huh. but then uh we both agreed that the the lead actress is she's pretty great i think she's pretty great
2: she's fantastic I think she's, I think, she's, I think fantastic. she's really really good Havana rose Lou is her name and I thought she was
1: amazing. I think she uh I think she elevated um uh the director uh, whenever she was in a scene um everything felt very much on the nose like there was like I, I never it, And this is, I think, purely a a criticism of of how, like, some of the director's choices. I never felt appropriately, like, claustrophobic. Um, Mm. And I don't know Mm. if it was some like I just felt like there could have been more done, maybe with with uh, camera angles and how tight they shot. I never, I never felt a sense of. Like ah, don't go in there or any. You know what I mean? It was just, it, and probably because it's pretty wide open. You know, there's uh, mm-hmm. um, I, I just I did the, the sense of uh, and and maybe it's just who knows for whatever reason.
2: Well, I think that that's why I say suspense because I don't think it's I don't think it's a classic horror movie. It it, it has elements of a classic horror. Movie. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's certainly, it certainly it it definitely was more of a suspense thriller. But I mean, like, I knew that the other guy was in it, like, immediately. Like, you know, like... And, and I don't know why. It was just like... And it just... It felt... It felt like as soon as she's having the conversation with him, I'm like, oh, he's the other guy. He's... he's, he's there's two of them. Okay. And, and mm-hmm. then so when that reveals... So that already becomes a disappointment for me, right? Because I've already sort of saw that coming. Um, and...
2: Yeah, alright, okay, look, I want to, uh, let's talk about this this Lars character, okay? Because I really like this movie, but I think that there was, I realized when I was watching this, that this movie does not work at all if Lars isn't really, really stupid, and, and revealing way too much exposition. Right because he doesn't know how to shut his mouth and he doesn't really understand what's happening. He doesn't really understand what what he's doing with his life. So you've got a really smart character and a really stupid character and I was thinking and I'm out of the movie clearly I'm I'm not like in in the movie when I'm when I'm doing this, but my brain is thinking, you know what? It's really hard to act stupid in a movie.
1: Yeah, right? I mean, and it's hard to be.
2: You would think it would might be easier to act stupid in a movie, but I think it's I think it's actually quite difficult for an actor who's who's not
1: that right. to act that. It's way. hard to act stupid in a serious way, right? Like, because like the stupidity has to in in a in a movie where the suspense matters, the stupidity has to feel like it's it has to serve two purposes. One, right? One is to sort of become a little bit revelatory in uh, because of their you know lack of understanding maybe of the situation but also it should add another layer of of uh, concern right because if you're if you're mm-hmm. not intelligent and you, you know you might you might make some weird choices you might make some dramatic choices that uh, that we don't understand and that's where I think I kind of like like I when he comes to the end when he's you know, Got the you know got the gun and, and he's trying to keep his eye on the girl and everything. I didn't I didn't ever feel like his character was fleshed out enough to where I felt anything like any suspense about that scenario. It reminded mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. if I may, of you know in like uh, in the Holy Grail, uh, Monty Python's Holy Grail when there's the two guards that are supposed to be watching, uh, the the young man is supposed to you know get married, and all he wants to do is sing yeah. and like he just keeps. Writing a note and puts it on a on a bow and arrow he goes on the arrow and he shoots the arrow out and they and they just keep on looking at him like mm hmm uh-huh, and they just sort of like smiling and not like that's kind of how I felt he was when he was like guarding <laughs> so I just never i don't know it was just yeah it was and here's the thing is I think on paper this this uh this film has a lot of elements that that I like like I do like the uh People are, to use your word, sequestered. They're, uh, there's really nowhere to go, right? There's no... You can't leave. Um, but there's... And there's imminent danger. Uh, and I just felt like it got too... Like, I would have wanted more... So who is it? You know, who is it? And what are, what are the motivations? Mm-hmm. But it felt like it sort of, like... It, it was less concerned about that as it was the, the ensuing, you know, how do we... How do we get away from the person? And maybe the person's going to hold uh, our heroin uh, at gunpoint and talk an awful lot about stuff that are neither here nor there.
2: <laughs> okay, all right. So the re—I think here—here's my pitch for why I like this movie. All right, I just think it's a really tightly written story, and what I think, what I li- here's what I like. I like that the plot is a combination of consequences by character actions that make sense. And I'll just give you a couple examples. All right, so Darby wants to escape the uh, the facility, right? So what does she need? She needs a screwdriver. are going to have to find an older car so you can do the old screwdriver trick, all right? So that sort of sets this up that she's got an old car, and she's got a screwdriver. These are going to be really important aspects of the plot later on. And then what ends up happening is she's got to go over the mountain pass, which makes sense because she's got to get from point A to point B. But, of course, that's, that creates the cell phone plot, mm-hmm. which I, 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 just, I, I love that. I love that, I love that they're finding elements of the story to tie back to same thing with the, the oxy or the heroin or whatever you know she's looking for the keys in the old car because of course that's what you do in a movie you check you check the visor for the keys she
1: doesn't find keys have you ever have you ever she put f- your keys on the visor or ever never a- never, never, ever. never
2: ever ever right and i appreciated that there were no keys up there so there's no keys but there's a little baggie of drugs which is absolutely going to come back and be important later on in a way that I would definitely not suspecting. So I think that all of these all of these elements of character motivation end up tying into the climax of the story in ways that I found thrilling. But it sounds like we we don't share the same opinion.
1: I mean I think I as I think like I said on paper I think a lot of these things uh makes sense and it works I, I, it's an execution thing for me um mm-hmm. because i mm-hmm. i i just feel like there wasn't sufficient uh suspense i just didn't feel i never felt moved by any one particular element and like so when they oh we're gonna take you out and you'll be the way we can get the girl i just i just didn't buy that like i felt like they kept the things that they were doing to keep her alive and the things that they were doing to, um, uh, it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't make sense. And then when there's the big reveal that one of the, another one of the strangers is in on it. Um, I know it was supposed to have this sort of like, oh man, look at this, it's getting even, but then they did, then they sort of dispatched that plot element relatively quickly like it didn't it didn't to me okay. that didn't add anything more to what was going on it didn't complicate things a whole lot more you know i mean it's um it it was a twist but i didn't feel like like the narrative was better for it
2: so i here's what i i sort of thought of this sh- movie as sort of a stepped a stepped acceleration of these key plot points, right? So each one of them is going to complicate the story in ways that helped me anyway. So, for, you know, you first, you find the, the bag, an addict finds a bag of drugs. So there's, there's tension there. Right? When she's going to do it. Cause you know, she's going to mm-hmm. do it right. Then you add the snow. Then all of a sudden you find, you know, you, you, there's a, there's a hand in a van. There's a kid kidnapped in the van. Then you find out that it's two kidnappers instead of one. Then you find out that the kid has Addison's. Then you find out that the kid knows Mrs. Lowry, mm-hmm. right? Then then she and her husband both die. Uh, you find out on the 911 call that her... Or on the, on the cell phone that the mother's dead and the 911 call's gone through. Then Lars dies. I think all of those elements those steps really worked for me to like complicate, 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 complicate until you get to the climax of the story. But if you were not thrilled by the fact that there are two men early on, then maybe you're, you're already out. Yeah. There, and, that, right? and that, maybe might the rest of fun. those steps don't work
1: for you. Right. Cause it's, um, I, I guess I wanted a little more right. Like I think, I think it'd be something if she had invested even more time with, The other kidnapper, right? Like, if there had been more opportunity to, like, sort of Mm -hmm. build, like, get me on board with believing him. Because I think that's part of it, right? And I think part of that, the way that that twist of the storytelling works is if it's, if that revelation comes out maybe at a really inopportune time, like maybe they do, like, get Lars, like, he somehow he's able to get Lars to go in on the fact that, like, they're, they're, working together and then there's a now, now that he's got everybody sort of disarmed and clear then you've got an opportunity to then reveal that there's there's more to it i guess right and i think that there was time to do that this is only a 95 right minute movie. so i think that's so i felt like even with the economy of time that they were working with or trying to go for i just felt like it's still like you you felt it was pretty tight i felt it didn't meander for me um it, huh, and okay. and but meandered when I say meandered mostly because I felt like there were some non value added things that could have been substituted for more elements of suspense more elements of of uh, you know with each twist mattering like because I, I was like oh okay so the mrs. Lowry knows her kind of helps set this up but then you know so she's betrayed because she she set set this thing in motion right because um, she apparently uh, got these guys on Craigslist or something. <laughs> <laughs> they met line, I love the man. idea I do. is kind of interesting the idea that these that these kidnappers that you hired turns out to be um, uh, like bad guys <laughs> like she's like wait a minute you know I hired you to kidnap this child for a ransom and it turns out mm-hmm. that you're you're bad people <laughs> you're traffickers <laughs> so I got, so they're and so that actually I kind of did like the idea of it like that got away from her. But again, I felt like it got away from her and then you get shot. <laughs> so there was that. I like, But I did like that she ended up betraying um, the husband because now she's in so deep, right? Like. He doesn't have a Mm -hmm. gun, but, and she's, you know, she's just obviously in over her head. So then that creates, Yeah.
2: That there's a very sort of Coen brothers element to that part of the story. right? You know, a lot of, a lot of Coen brothers movies are about some regular schmo who gets greedy and so decides to descend to, into sort of the crime underbelly of the city and realizes that they're, they're certainly not prepared for it. Right. Right. Um, now, that part I did have a problem with um, because not for long, but I was on board with the two kidnappers. And then when the girl wakes up and says, Mrs. Lowry, I thought, oh, great. This is now this just jumped into complete implausibility in a movie that I was enjoying because everything was working plausible. Everything was working as sort of a hyper realist story. You know, this is these are all plausible, you know, plausible things that could happen. And but. So that took me out of it for a little bit. And then they did the flashback. And then I, so now that sort of broke the tension for me because everything to that point had been no ex, you know, it's very no exity kind of theme. Right. right. Yeah.
1: I love the idea that I know there's more to it, but I love the idea that it's like, <laughs> I have to have this girl kidnapped because she keeps putting me on TikTok. It's- I love the idea that just, just this one... This girl is a
2: d- insufferable TikTok brat. She must be kidnapped.
1: Right. If she makes me dance while vacuuming one more time. So, so those are the kind of things for me that were just like...
2: Well, I was taken out of it a little bit thinking, oh, come on, Now, you, now you're just doing this amazing coincidence that she happens to know this person and then immediately i realized oh this makes sense because the kidnappers need the medicine and she's got the medicine right so that's why she's at the rest stop in the first mm-hmm. place so as, as soon as i made that connection i thought okay this is actually I, I think this is pretty tight i don't think i can fault this in the way that i was thinking that i yeah. was going to fault it
1: i don't know i mean i don't like i i rarely kidnap and Mm. but i do think that maybe um,
2: is it because it's against ah,
1: well that's like that's a big part of it the other part is children um (laughs) who would who would want another could you imagine i don't want the ones that want to be with me (laughs) much less the ones that i have to go forcibly take um i probably don't i probably don't park the van under a light that's like one thing i probably not because there were plenty of other cars that I would have to, every once in a while, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's another car back there. Like, that's the sweet parking spot. I would have probably for sure got that one. <laughs> maybe back it up. Like, back it up, like, to where you you wouldn't walk around it. Like, maybe not right in the middle with a light on it. Mm-hmm. So that, like, almost anybody could walk around it. And then, you know, maybe potentially. I know you got cardboard on the windows, which also maybe is a bit of a red flag if you're out there. Um, but, like, mm-hmm. just park it different. Like, that's what I would do. But again, maybe Lars is maybe, in charge.
2: Maybe they parked when they, they parked when the sun was setting, so the light wasn't on yet. Okay. Did you not find the kid in the van moment
1: arresting?
2: Were you not were you not impressed by that part of it?
1: Well, here's the problem: is when I looked it up, uh, like what's no exit, like or or without even having to do any research on it, it tells you. Uh, that there's uh, a child in, in the in the car, <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, I guess I know that.
2: That's unfortunate. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe I was I had no idea that that was coming. I, I really do try to avoid that kind yeah, of. Yeah, I emotion. didn't even have
1: to look at it. It was just like in like right there in the blurb or whatever uh, when I went to to pull it oh, up. So okay. so that could have that's actually a really interesting point is that I like the big thing that may have already like brought me in. I was just sort of like, well, when is she going to find it?
2: when is she going to find it yeah okay that's interesting i not knowing that going in that probably hooked me in a way that it did not
1: hook yeah up. that's fair now but you know heather did not know that, anything about this movie and she was not in at all <laughs> i think she only watched it so that she could listen to this podcast and have a frame of reference which is high praise for our podcast Let's see if she watches Golden Child.
2: (laughs) Here's some other stuff I liked. Tell me if you tell me tell me what you think about these. I I'm always taken out of it when a crime drama has a shootout and the gun has unlimited bullets. Uh It's the unlimited bullets thing that always takes me out because I find myself starting to count the number of bullets. Right.
1: Um, Were you counting nails? I I
2: didn't feel like I needed to. I felt Lots like of nails. There's probably there's probably fifty nails right, in right. there, right? Guys, that's great. That's a it's a fantastic, it's fantastic that you you've eliminated that thing from it,
1: because it's a nail gun. Um, now he, he, also, he did say know, that he rigged a, a the nail safety gun... so that it would shoot like that, but I don't think that's how it works, right? Like I think you have to like you have to like really jam something and so that thing gets thrown around a lot and i would think that whatever it is that he jammed would have would have disengaged but that's that's not a big i never
2: never considered it but i do feel like this i do do think how many times have i seen a bullet go through someone's forehead right in in, not in real life i mean i'm talking about in the movies and whatnot but a nail gun because because you could do a lot of the same things that you do with a regular gun but all of a sudden, it brings a bit of originality yeah. to, I, don't know, I guess, I guess it's the gore factor. Yeah, I
1: mean, the, the, uh, you know, you've know, you got to figure out something, something new. Right, to bring and so point. when she gets nailed to the wall, the only thing with that is that, like, those things are so strong, and the and the, and the the arm is, like, pretty soft with the exception of the bone. I think it would have just gone right through.
2: Well, you don't know what was in that baggie. <laughs> it's true
1: yeah I mean I don't I mean I, I did like I, I thought that was a cool element um where she had to get the hammer and um but again it was just I think the way that the, the scenes were done is I didn't uh, I thought she was great and I was she was, so fantastic. I, was really to, wanna, I was really trying I was really trying to pour just... myself like I wanted to have more uh, suspense in those moments and, and that I, and yeah. so I was sort of trying to manufacture that I think because I didn't feel like the director was doing it for me
2: uh, yeah, just just that moment where she's nailed to the wall and uh, it, like I really bought, I really bought that moment. Yeah, I thought, I thought she was. Yeah, woman,
1: I mean she yeah. she was again. I think I think if she's not in that movie, uh, it probably it would be harder for me to have gone through it because because Lars wasn't doing a whole lot for me. A lot of talking. Like I was even like even the whole scene where they are playing cards and they say the word bullshit. I think thirty eight times or whatever um i understand like that's supposed to be playing this like hey you know hey there's maybe maybe someone here is lying and i'm like yeah, yeah i i get it <laughs> but it didn't and it, but Thumb but is. i didn't feel like it like it it revealed itself in a way that was like like they were like we the whole conversation about tells and he's like well everybody's got to tell i'm like okay well that'll probably come back later and like oh it didn't we just had a really extended discussion about poker
2: okay no, 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 see, I, I like that, and I'll tell you why. Okay. So that scene is like doing four different things at the same time. you know, so there's the there's the bullshit element because clearly you've got liars at the table and multiple levels, right? So that's 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 the on the nose stuff. But what's Darby's motivation in this scene? Darby's motivation is to figure out who's who's connected to Nevada, right? right? So that's partly what that scene's meant to do, but it also reveals something crucial about. The Ed character and his gambling problem, which seems inconsequential at, at the beginning, but that's what started this whole thing in the first place. It's his gambling problem and his his wife's attempt to get them out of debt. And the fact that, I guess, these Allstate commercials are not paying <laughs> the right. bills.
1: And he did not save his money uh, when he was playing for the, the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Did the Allstate guy take you out of it?
1: No, the Allstate guy. I, I was. I mean, I gen, generally tend to to like him. Uh, so I, I'm like. I mean, yeah,
2: he's fine,
1: but I mean, how many Allstate commercials
2: has he been in? I, I did for me. It was like okay, fine. I mean, but now I know you as the Allstate guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I felt like, uh, and again, I I get what you're saying. Like everything ties right, like. But it's but the way it tied, it felt like let's talk about it really. You know, I feel like I could have got the idea that he was a gambler without telling mm-hmm. me that he's a gambler. A bunch, you know, he, he's going sure. to Reno. Why? Well, probably like gambling because Reno is not a place you go to. <laughs> like for any other it's thing.
2: his favorite city in the in world
1: the world yeah exactly which has never been said by a human ever <laughs>
2: that should that should tell you that he's the problem from for soon get as soon
1: as someone says that reno is their favorite city in the world you go check his van <laughs> 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 did you feel like the character uh so there's lars and who's the other guy ash yeah. did you feel like it it made sense for ash to 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 spiral the way that he did to the point where he's just riddling the police officer with nails to me to, to hmm. me i didn't feel like i got a lot of in, uh, indication from the ash character prior that he was like that's what he could do and I think if they had mm. done that a little more, maybe the suspense for me would have been a little bit higher because he, he there was this odd compassion for Lars, right? Obviously that they have a you know an ex, a lengthy relationship, mm-hmm. but that was so much more of what I saw of him, and then later when he's the other side, I'm like, if you had given me a glimpse, I think because I think they may have tried to as like he was really pushing the 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 father's suicide uh you know taunting mm-hmm. and that but that it didn't maybe maybe it was the actor i just didn't i never felt what i was supposed to feel there so i think if i felt more no, I, about yeah. like
2: it worked for me okay.
1: so you 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 that you felt he was menacing enough
2: i felt he was sufficiently menacing for a number of reasons i think this guy is probably a sociopath the fact that he can put on the face that he puts on mm mm-hmm around the poker table tells me that there that this guy is dangerous. The fact that he's lying to everyone including Lars and the fact that he the fact that he's already, he's willing to shoot impale a woman's arm with the nail yeah, gun.
1: I guess you're right.
2: And then, the, then when Lars dies and the way that he dies, I could see that sending him over the edge. Mm, okay. You know him him snapping in a way where his mask is completely, uh, you know, drops him in his face. So I don't know. I, I liked it. I, I liked it. I liked him. I thought everyone but the Lars character kind of worked. I uh, I think that maybe they didn't need the the state guy. That maybe that took
1: me. I a think loop. when Ash says at the table when they say where did he go talking about Lars and he goes probably sore Loserville. <laughs> that undercut a lot of the menace for me.
2: <laughs> yeah, but he Okay. All right. But he's still he's still wanting to put on his sort of civilian right. mask. So that that's, that's 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 the big acting.
1: ruse, right? They're like anybody says sort of Loserville is not... I mean, look, let's keep our eye on on Mr. Ilo Moreno <laughs> instead. <laughs>
2: Is there a uh, cliche trope or device in this film that you enjoyed? Well, and
1: I think we talked I me mean, like, there are a lot of elements. Like I do like these types of movies. I really like the uh when people are kind of like when you don't know who's who, right? Who who's the bad guy. And mm-hmm. I, so I think that revelation happened maybe a little bit earlier for me, right? And
2: Did you All right, so you suspected Ash? Did you ever
1: suspect Mrs. Laura? No. But again, I don't know that, I mean, it was, like I said, it was interesting what they did, but I don't know that it, it, it did much more like if that to me would have been like, the, I just felt like with all the, we're trapped in here, like maybe mm-hmm. more times, like re, as the, uh, the layers get peeled back and we start to see that, hey, not everybody is who they, they seem. It's like, you find that out when like the stakes are already so high and and things are already unraveling it's like so when you find out that you know it complicates the plot but it doesn't necessarily like i mm-hmm. it doesn't do a lot on the front end in my opinion um is there one tweak that you think would improve a better director movie? i honestly think i think i think a better director
2: i, I was really i really enjoyed it. wow okay all right
1: i don't know what, and i don't think that's there's a i know i think there's some maybe a couple of horror things that he's done in the past, but I don't think he's got an extensive uh, directing filmography. Um, you know, I... Yeah, Damien Powers. Yeah, and... I'm I'm a sucker for... I did, like, I mean, visually I like the shot where, like, the place is burning and, and Ash is standing there in front of me. Like, it's it's kind of... You talk about a cliche, like, image. It's that, you know, sort of silhouette of someone observing the, the carnage, right? And... And I, I am kind of a sucker for that type of visual. I thought that was well done, but at the same time, I'm like, more of that, please. Like, uh, I, I, again, I, I think all the ingredients were there, and it just, um, it, it just something about the execution I can't quite put my finger on. Um, just didn't, just didn't. Mm. It, I wasn't sufficiently moved, and I, I don't know. Maybe there was enough, like, smatterings of, of bad acting and over exposition. That was taking me out, and again, to go back to the other thing. Like, obviously, Heather's experience is different, but like, I knew what was gonna—I knew what, the, what was gonna be the ultimate complication. She's gonna find a child somewhere. I just didn't know.
2: I like the dream sequence. I like that the way that they did that. You know, she's in the car. There's someone knocking at the door. She, you know, her her on her mind is someone trying to get into her car or get out of some other place. And I think it's her sister or her mom or whatever, but she's worried about her family. She wakes up and it's the cop right. I, I like that I like that part of it. I thought that was done. I think usually dreams are very poorly done. I usually do not like dream sequences in movies. This one worked for me i liked I liked it when she first gets her nail her hand nailed to the uh the wall. There was a shot that was sort of very stigmata. Mm-hmm you know sort of focused on the hand and the, and the blood coming down from the hand her the arm extended and then her body is a little bit blurred in the background uh i thought that was a great shot um just just the I, her reaching for the the hammer with with her foot uh i just thought that that was all really well framed and there's there's one scene where the little girl gets out of the van but only certain only certain people at the table can actually right. see
1: it. That was cool.
2: and you see it over the shoulder through the window. I thought that was that was pretty well framed as well. All of those things I think at, for me added a little bit of extra uh, in it. So new director so so I mean you must have really not liked
1: this movie. <laughs> well compared to you.
2: Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot.
1: There was an interesting because uh, I went later and looked at like some of the reviews, right? And uh, you know, it's uh, uh-huh. not a ton of reviews, but it's like I think it's like a fifty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, right? And um, one one tagline was uh, resonated with me. They said, uh, "They said an airport novel made into an airplane movie." <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no,
2: no. no I you no, know, I've seen this twice now. I liked it. I even liked it better the second time. interesting Um, Steve, is this movie better, worse, or on par with a Ron Howard movie? It's
1: a Ron Howard minus 3 for me. I
2: All right, for me I'm going to say
1: properly okay. Howard. Yeah. And cuz I, cuz I think and here's the thing, I think Ron Howard uh maybe gives me a little more suspense. Maybe it gives me a little more of what I'm uh, looking for.
2: Maybe so. Maybe so. I did like the... Uh, the. I felt like a lot of the music sort of harkened back to those 70s, 80s suspense movies, your crime dramas. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that part of it. I think that this movie is hinged on you feeling suspense. right? And and the twists and the plot twists working. So if so the knowledge that you have going into the movie really determines how you'll experience it. And the was. thing is you can know
1: things in suspense movies, right? Like you can know that someone's been killed and they're trying to figure out who, you know, and all that. Um, uh-huh. and I think that if, uh, for me, you know, those kinds of movies should still be able to work, right? Um you know, obviously right. if it's a big twist and it's and you get it, you know it in advance it, that could obviously hinder your viewing experience but like to me it was like they they got to the girl pretty quick so the girl becomes a a device for for much more so i don't i feel like i should have like been more engaged even though i knew that the the girl was going to be somewhere um and it's interesting we have this conversation this this review reminds me a lot of uh the batman um as you start Mm, going through all the individual parts in my mind i'm like yeah those, those those are decent like that's yeah that's pretty good and right. and, and i'm sure, like hey, sure. but it, to me it didn't it didn't assemble right um i feel like i just put together like an ikea bit of furniture and i'm like i got i got some screws i got i got these dowels i feel like i mean i hope it's is it is it done
2: mhm <laughs> Yeah. Well. Okay. So it it worked for me. Yeah. This is sort of our Batman, the Batman review in reverse because it really worked for you and for me. I I I did feel like I was a little bit less impressed with the whole of it. Um, is there a half the battle, one to grow on moment in this movie? Don't do drugs. (laughs) I was gonna say. Take a baggie of heroin. Oh, you're the you opposite.
1: Go. Yeah, bring drugs at least. Don't-
2: I'm not saying that you should do them, but if your arm is nailed to the wall, you might need a little, little kick
1: there. <laughs> Just have drugs. Figure the rest out later. <laughs> <laughs> this is
2: from Justin. Justin writes, More than you deserve. I don't know what I did to deserve these two, but it must have been okay. And the reason I like this is because he writes more than you deserve, so he thinks he
1: deserves it. <laughs> he
2: doesn't think anyone else does.
1: Know thyself, and I think that's important. <laughs>
2: I, I did appreciate that. Uh, Justin seems to believe in some form of karma, Steve. Do, do you believe in karma?
1: Um, I do believe in CarMax because I know that um uh, I help my kids buy cars uh, there. Okay. I, know, I think that's different, though. Oh yeah, it is a little bit different. Carmax is also different than CarMax uh That's Lipo. true.
2: That's true. If you've acted horribly in your life, do you think that it's more
1: likely that your car will break down, for instance? Uh, I see what you're saying. So that's where the putting the car in karma. Yeah, see, see what I did. Yeah, that's very good. Um, yeah, I mean I, I think we misunderstand karma, right? Like I mean, I think I think karma's become something where we've sort of used it as a you know you, you get back what you what you give right? uh-huh. yeah, yeah um sure. but isn't i think the and the true notion of karma suggests uh like it's already happened right like whatever like like this is the new like it, it is it more like a reincarnation type situation right like we
2: well and i think i think you're probably uh, uh nailing it here the other thing i would add here is that with karma at least this is what I was taught by my Buddhist professor is that it's always only negative. you, you If you accumulate karma, this is only ever a bad thing. There's no such thing as good karma. Uh, so I mean, you could be you know you could be sort of cre building a better life for your future lives but um, but you know by not doing these bad things, but if you do these bad things, then you will pay for it. I think that's the idea. And I don't mind that. I don't mind that so much. I I like the idea that people feel guilty when they're doing bad things.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah. Do you ever feel guilty doing good things? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Just walk us through that process.
2: Yeah, well, because let's say I'm doing something good, I know that it's there's no altruism. Like I know that I'm I'm not really doing it uh, for the right reasons, and so I I start overthinking it, and then I start wondering like, "Is this actually doing anyone any good but me?" And yeah, so I I feel a little bit. I feel that
1: sometimes. Well, then with that, I would suggest that there is no such thing as a good deed, right? All. They're like altruism, altruism is a fallacy in that regard.
2: Unless right? you do it on accident,
1: <laughs> right? So the accidental good thing is, is the only uh-huh. true good thing. Because, like, if you maybe meant to do something good that would benefit you, and then you didn't, you did it wrong, mm-hmm. and it truly did benefit someone else, and then you ended up not getting anything from it.
2: Right. It's like uh, if you if you remember back to they live, you know, Roddy Piper is trying to do something good for frank he wants to put the sunglasses on frank right it ends up getting frank killed in the end if he would have just left frank alone true you know what i mean
1: yeah 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 and then so you then the question could be like, what was he trying to free frank or really what was he trying to do he Was trying to share the burden
2: <laughs> as he was pile driving his head into the concrete <laughs> right yeah
1: I'm about to set you free.
2: <laughs> All right. This is an Apple iTunes review from our Stranger Things podcast. Our cousin podcast, if you will. Great look back at Stranger Things Season 1. This is from KB Night Coffee. Yeah, what would KB stand for here? No, no. I'm sorry. It's K8. Oh, it's Kate. So it's Kate. Of course. It's it Kate. Is. Sorry, Kate. Thoughtful look back at Stranger Things Season 1, including a lot of discussion I hadn't heard before on inspiration for the series. Please keep it going and do subsequent seasons. Well, I think that that's what we are doing, at least subsequent season, right?
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting, right? Because we do, like, you you know, in our, in our distant cousin, uh, podcast you do like mm-hmm. a weekly look right at, at uh now that's a rewatch. but i mean in, in you know when shows come out week to week that's you know you can kind of podcast right as they happen but when it's when they come out in a flurry when mm-hmm. they come out bingeable as netflix is wont to do um you know people will probably be ahead of your reviews so you know you do run into the risk of like you just do a big old synopsis of everything well, and that's what uh, makes the rewatch at podcast.
2: at once Uh, evergreen right because just because we didn't cover seasons two and three of stranger things doesn't mean we don't have the option to do that in the future right um this next one is from uh because i want an email from steve and then the person says no but i am all in with the duo the guys are great in both Game of Thrones podcast, cocoons of horror, and now Strangers. They touch all the feels and sensory stimulations. Mm. Yeah, well, we try. With references to my own childhood growing up in the 80s and 90s, Stranger Things is a great show to do all those things. Keep it up, guys. So, this is from DC Dogs. DC Dogs wants an email from you, Steve. Not me. He doesn't say he wants okay. an email from
1: me. Sure. Did they, no, they? send? No, the, is there an not. email address? You're gonna have to. Well, no, you're gonna 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 be have to
2: hire a private detective.
1: Oh, I like this. Yeah.
2: And you're going to have. To-
1: <laughs> so I like. he just giving me a little uh-huh. bit of clues. DC dog, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so I'm like, I'm starting to. I mean, my initial thought is, all right, like if I can just mm-hmm. I can zero in on uh, the Washington mm-hmm. or just DC a, area. Sort of the I'm DC franchise that in general. Yeah, that's yeah, that could be yeah, so that's the other thing, is it, is is it maybe Wonder Mutt that they're actually referencing. So I gotta go and uh you know, so I I'm gonna comb all the databases. Obviously I'm gonna look into the D C area. I'm also going to take a look at uh maybe some of the more like is there somebody that's getting Wonder Mutt comic books mm-hmm, there you at a go. higher that's clip That's a great place to start. Um I, yeah, I don't really want I mean I don't love showing everybody my process because it is uh it is fairly private. But um I'm I'll just just rest assured, DC dog. An email is coming. Man. Fantastic! I just you, know, you do See, I,
2: I'd be much less uh, uh, strategic. I would just sort of throw a, a Gmail address on the back of the way he's spelling
1: DC dogs, and just see what happens. Because
2: gotcha. you know, even if it
1: doesn't, well, that's like that's like a last last ditch effort. To be honest, I mean, I feel like I feel like I mean, like in, after I've done uh, with everything else that I'm I'm going to be working on to sort of like I said, do my zeroing in, like probably like. 6 7 months from now I'll okay. try the Gmail thing. Let me
2: know cuz I'll just remind you if you need my help. I can just remind you.
1: Okay. Right. And what I'll do is I'll send a mass one out, right? I'll be like DC Dogs 1, DC Dogs 2, DC Dogs 3. DC yeah, Dogs you know, 6 nine. because I you don't right Exclamation a, Yeah, point. DC Dogs for 20.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad that uh I'm I'm glad you're on the case here. I appreciate it. And I'm sure that DC Dogs appreciates it too. Uh what we haven't discussed what to cover next week. Do you want to figure that out?
1: Um, do we want to break from genre with Butch Cassidy or do we want to Butch Cassidy's the least Butch Cassidy is the least horror of them all. For
2: sure the least horror of them all, yeah. Uh, Let's do Butch Cassidy. Next week, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um unless we do nothing at all. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because Steve's sick. He's ill, and tomorrow is promised to no man. <laughs>